0: Hi there and welcome to another Classical Uncovered podcast presented by the Melbourne Recital Centre. I'm Graham Abbott. This series is designed to demystify some of the concepts and terms used in classical music with the aim of helping you better understand and enjoy your musical experiences. In this podcast we're going to explore one of the fundamental principles of all European music but one which can be a mystery to some. Firstly, what's the difference between these two passages? Here's one. And here's the other. Non-musicians might express the difference in a number of different ways. The second one was higher than the first, or they were at a different pitch, something like that, and this would be completely correct. In musical terms, we'd say that these passages were identical, but for the fact that they were in a different key. Key is a term used all the time in music, and not just classical music, but what exactly is key? And when keys are mentioned in the titles of works, like Sonata in C Major, what does that mean? And what information should I be getting from being told that something is in the key of C Major? To quote Mother in Absolutely Fabulous, should that mean something to me, dear? I hope that by the end of this podcast, it might. The whole concept of key in Western music of the last 300 years or more is based on the idea of scales, so it's back to scales we must go if we're to understand what keys are. The term scale has its root in the Latin word scalae, meaning ladder. It was probably from the Italian word scala, also meaning steps or ladder, that the word was assumed into English with its musical meaning. We use the word in English apart from music, but with a similar sense when we say that we scale the heights. The idea of steps is clearly audible when a scale is played in its usual form, which is ascending. Now in the system which has been the basis of European music since the early 17th century, this sort of scale, which we call a major scale, sounds the way it does because of the gaps or intervals between the notes. A piano keyboard is constructed to make this sort of structure easily accessible to the fingers. There are black and white notes, and the basic fundamental thing to remember is that any two keys absolutely next door to each other are said to be a semitone apart. So these notes are a semitone apart. As are these. and these. If we have two notes that are two semitones apart, they are said to be a tone apart. So from the first note to the second note here, we have a semitone. And from the second note to the third, we have a semitone. which means that from the first note to the third, the interval between them is said to be a tone. So the eight notes of the major scale sound like a major scale because of the pattern of tones and semitones between the notes. We have eight notes, which means there are seven gaps. And the pattern of gaps which make up the major scale are tone... Tone, semitone, tone, 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 and finally a semitone. The ladder or scale of notes resulting from that pattern, tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone, is what we call a major scale. If I play a different pattern of tones and semitones, it immediately sounds like something else, and certainly not a major scale. For example, here's what a scale starting from the same note would sound like if I played tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone, tone, tone. That might be something, but a major scale, it is not. Now here's where I need you to visualise. The keyboard is arranged with the black notes in alternating groups of twos and threes across the white keys. The major scale I played for you started on the white key immediately to the left of the group of two black keys and consisted entirely of white notes. My starting note is the note C, and because it was the starting note of a major scale, that scale is called a C major scale. So when a piece is said to be in C major, it means it's based on this scale, with C as its home base, if you like. Mozart's sonata, K545, is in C major. But if I played exactly the same music, say, a tone higher, Shifting every note one tone higher than Mozart wrote it, it's no longer in C major. It's in D major. There are, in all, 12 different major keys. Apart from C or D major, I might play it in F major. Or A major. But because Mozart wrote it in C major, pianists must play it in the key in which it was written. Them's the rules, most of the time, in classical music. Let's go back to the idea of black and white keys. By virtue of the way the keyboard is laid out, C major maintains its tone and semitone pattern on white keys. However, the moment we want to make a note other than C, our home note, or tonic, to use the musical jargon, we have to start using the black keys. This is because if we have a scale starting on, say, G, the tones and semitones are in the wrong order if we stay on the white notes. So what do I need to do in order to make the scale starting on G sound right? I need to change something to keep the proper order of tones and semitones for a major scale. Let's see what needs to be done. I need two tones, a semitone, three tones, and a final semitone. What we have if we start on G is two tones, a semitone, So far, so good. Then tone. A tone. And to finish, a tone and semitone. Ah, at the end, that's where it was wrong. The second last note was too low. The white notes give me a semitone followed by a tone, whereas what I need is the opposite. But if I raise that second last note, a semitone, I instantly get what I need, a tone followed by a semitone. So changing one note gives me the correct pattern of tones and semitones, and I have a correct scale of G major. Now in order to raise that seventh note by a semitone, I had to play a black note. Instead of playing F, the white key which was too low, I had to play the black note a semitone higher than it. In this context, we call that note F sharp. If we raise a note by a semitone, we're said to have sharpened it by a semitone. A semitone above F is the note F sharp. In musical notation, the sharp is that little slopey noughts-and-crosses sign, like the hash key on your phone. If a note is lowered a semitone, it's said to be made flat. The black note a semitone lower than B, for example, is called B-flat. The flat sign looks like a lowercase b with a point at the bottom. When I played that little bit of Mozart in different keys earlier, I had to use black keys in order to maintain the correct relative positions of all the pitches. In a piece as straightforward as that extract, it's not a difficult thing for a musician to do, although I would probably have come to grief had I played much further into the piece. When music is written in different keys... The musical notation reflects this on the page by grouping together at the start of each line the sharps or flats required by the music's key. This instantly gets the performer into the right brain space to deal with the key of the music and its technical requirements. Performers sometimes find some keys easier than others, and different keys require different fingerings on most instruments. This group of sharps or flats at the start of the music is called the key signature. Music in C major has no sharps or flats at the start because C major requires no black notes. G major, we just discovered, requires one black note, F sharp, so music in G major has a key signature of one sharp, and this sharp sits on the line for F to make it absolutely clear what the home key is. For those of you champing at the bit about relative minor keys, I know, I know, but I'm not going there right now. I'm just looking at major keys here. Now, all this stuff about keys and key signatures is very important to musicians. Assuming major keys, if you see three sharps in your key signature, you expect A major. If you see five flats, you expect D flat major. Knowing what key the music is in is vital for the musician attempting to play it. But what about audiences? Surprisingly, there's quite a range of opinion on this matter. My view, then, is that for the non-specialist music lover, someone without technical training in music, knowing whether a piece is in D major or B-flat major doesn't add anything to the listener's enjoyment, or otherwise, of a piece. It's entirely possible to enjoy Haydn's Symphony No. 47, for example, without knowing it's in G major. For me as a musician, it adds something, but it's hard to put into words. My experience of music leads me to expect certain things in Haydn writing in G major, like high horns or certain sorts of string writing, which I don't expect in a Haydn work that's in, say, E-flat major. I also expect different things from Haydn in G major than I might from Tchaikovsky writing in the same key, but that's just me in work mode, hard though it is to turn off. For the non-specialist, and this is borne out by my conversations with many people, knowing that Haydn's 47th symphony is in G is not as important as knowing that it's number 47. But both bits of information, the key and the number, are useful in identifying the work in question. There's obviously only one symphony number 47 in the Haydn catalogue, so that's the most effective label of all – but knowing it's in G major can help narrow it down, as there are only a dozen or so out of the more than 108 known Haydn symphonies which are in G. Beyond helping to identify a work, though, there's not a lot of practical use for the average listener in knowing what key a work is in. I say this to put at rest the minds of people who might be wondering what they were missing. We might advertise Beethoven's Second Symphony as Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 2 in D major, people often wonder what they're supposed to get from knowing it's in D major, and the answer is not much. It's just part of the common title of the work, and as it's the only Beethoven symphony in D major, it's not a terribly useful thing to know, but that doesn't stop it from being an overwhelmingly wonderful piece. In our next podcast, we're going to look at two important aspects of key which we encounter in classical music all the time. The first of these will be minor keys, which, along with major keys, form the basis of all tonal European music of the past three or four centuries. After that, we'll discuss modulation, the way a composer can change key in the middle of a piece. So there's lots ahead to explore. I'm Graham Abbott. Thanks for your company. And thanks to Duncan Yardley for the technical production of this podcast. I hope you can join me for the next instalment in Classical Uncovered, presented by the Melbourne Recital Centre.